0: Hey, welcome to The Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from the beliefs and emotional wounds of your past that have held you back for so long and break through to achieve the success you dream of and you deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. Whether you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube or you're listening to the audio version of this show, you can find links to the resources mentioned and to our guest's website at winnieanderson.com slash faith. You can join the community at that location and get the latest free bonus gift and when you do, you'll receive links to this show's episodes as well as to my other programs and articles designed to help you leave the past behind and create the successful life and joy-filled life that you dream of and that you so richly deserve. Please share the show with your clients, your friends, and colleagues who may need a courage boost on the way to achieving their dream goals as well. This is a very special episode for me. I'm going to make a confession. As I was working through my recovery after my car accident in 1999, I realized that although I always said that I was a person of faith, there was a lot in my life that was really out of alignment with that faith. I realized that I had a very big ego and I carried grudges, I spoke badly of people, I was judgmental, things that I'm not very proud of. And as I thought about what I wanted to do with this second chance that I had at life, in spite of all the injuries I had sustained, one thing really hit me, that I wanted to bring my work life into alignment with my faith. And that I wanted my faith to really inform my life and actions. I really wanted to be a a shining example of faith, and I knew that in my heart, I knew that somehow I wanted to, as my former priest used to say, do well by doing good. So I really started to study my faith and think about what it was I believed. I took a four-year Bible study program, and uh, that was all about uh, using your work as a a ministry as a form of ministry and I even wrote a book called faith from nine to five so I have to tell you aligning faith and work is not easy uh, when the memories of my childhood abuse came back during my recovery period I was flooded with these beliefs that I just wasn't good enough and that I wasn't worthy of the professional dreams that I had or of the personal dreams that I had so when I was invited to attend an event called Ultimate Breakthrough, and that promised to help integrate faith and work, I jumped at the chance. It was a great event for many reasons, but it really helped, helped me uh, recognize how much farther I had to go, and frankly, it threw me for a loop. I came face to face with the fact that there was a calling that I was resisting and it was actually that event that led me to start this show. One of the guest speakers at that event was today's guest. His message touched me so much that I connected with him on Facebook after the event, and I started watching his powerful videos every day. And as unworthy as I felt, I don't have a big list, I don't have a huge following, I decided to reach out to him and explain my mission and ask him if he would come on as a guest. And I was thrilled when he said yes. I'm excited to share this interview with you. You're gonna hear a little bit of his journey in the opening of the interview, and I'll include links in the show notes so you can get to know him on a deeper level. But if you've ever felt trapped in a pit of feeling unworthy, knowing you were called for more but afraid because you couldn't take action, then I hope this episode speaks to you. And if you're a person of faith, of whatever faith, uh, of whatever denomination, or you, you, maybe you call yourself spiritual or, or spirit-centered or purpose-driven, maybe you, and you wrestle with issues of being faithful and being abundant, then I think this episode is really for you. My special guest grew up in apartheid South Africa as one of six children in a Hindu family. They were incredibly poor, living in a tin shack with no running water. But he was greatly influenced by his mother, who not only was a Hindu, but she believed in Jesus. And she told him that if he ever wanted anything, he needed to pray directly to Jesus. Melvin Pillay went from spending $2 to rent an audio tape of the legendary Zig Ziglar, to becoming Vice President in the Ziglar organization. Today he's a business advisor to CEOs, political leaders, and entrepreneurs who are looking to take themselves and their businesses to new heights of success, or their countries to new heights of success. In this episode of the Courageous Entrepreneur Show, Melvin reveals the role faith plays in helping us break free from trauma, how to deal with our feelings of unworthiness and embrace the fact that, our, that Christ really is our brother, how shame can block faith, where shame comes from and how to move past it, how to balance abundance and faith, And we talk about what's likely the biggest challenge of living our faith, especially living our faith, you know, at work, but in just in the world in general. Melman also gives some great insight into aligning faith with work as an entrepreneur. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you find this episode as enlightening as I did. Of course... Hang in there all the way till the end, and I'll share your reflection exercise and action step for this episode. All right, Melvin, thank you so very much for being here today. Now, you know I think you have the most powerful story, and i I was originally intending on doing some fancy schmancy introduction, but I would love for you to just take a little you know a few minutes and share the story of how you got where you are because you're this big consultant and you know you're a performance coach for these executives and ceos but it wasn't always that way right
1: absolutely thank you so much Winnie. thank you for this wonderful time and to your audience as well yes absolutely today by the glory of god i get to speak to presidents of nations prime ministers executives and the like but my journey didn't my journey started out very different in rural South Africa. Born under the apartheid era, born into absolute poverty. We lived in a tin shack. There were only two beds in my house. Mom and dad slept in one bed, us six children slept on the other. Now I joke with people. Of course we had running water. We had to run outside in the park and get it. <laughs> you know, so my Things that I often tell to people when it is simply this, success is not about where you start. Anyone can start with nothing. And so growing up under apartheid, we grew up under tremendous trauma. We grew up with no hope for being born the wrong skin color. In that generation, we couldn't even look at somebody who didn't look like us and being born in... Poverty, we couldn't even look at people that did look at us at, into, the, into their eyes right. because we were so downtrodden. But here today, I get to speak to all these amazing cool people across the world. So, miracles do happen.
0: <laughs> and yeah, and, and which is fascinating because people who who you could not speak to now hang on your every word as you inspire them to to really touch the greatness that is in them and and give their lives to God as well. So, yeah, just an amazing amazing story. So, I shared with you, you know, how I came to recognize that the abuse that I survived as a child both left me with some scars, as well as made me the person I am today, gave me really my greatest gifts. So I think that it does take really the perspective that that we all have on, are we gonna use what happened to us for greatness, or are we gonna use it for suffering, that sort of thing. But let's face it, emotional scars are real. And those people who've suffered some kind of trauma, they carry with them those scars as they move through adulthood. And often those, those strategies that we adopted that allowed us to survive can sometimes actively hold us back as we get older, right? So yes. can you really talk about the importance and the role that faith plays in helping us overcome the trauma that we all experience. Because really trauma, it, we, as you said, we all experience trauma.
1: Absolutely so. What faith does, well, trauma I believe is there from the devil in many ways because God says right from the start, I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans, they have hope and a future and prosperity. But I tell to people, I didn't look at the book of the devil, but I can guess it's the opposite of what God wants. <laughs> and it basically is, I would even go a step further, even from the mere fact of us not being born. That's Satan's plan. And once we are born, or once we are born, his second strategy is to hurt us emotionally and destroy our identity. Okay. So what our faith does, it moves the identity from me and put it onto God. So no longer is it my identity and look at all the reasons why I can't achieve. We now look at God and say, but hold on, devil. My identity is not in me. My identity is in my big brother, Jesus Christ. So the foundational aspect of this would be my identity. Trauma needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. And dealt with by God we need to move from there but unless we can firstly grasp that my identity is in him and not me we'll never allow ourselves to be moved beyond that okay that
0: that's really powerful and certainly makes a lot of sense but I think that one of the issues that we can struggle with is and I think this is really the root of it. And and probably the there's a great book out called Outwitting the Devil. It was written by Napoleon Hill. And and I think it really talks about a, a lot of what you just what you just referred to. And I think that probably his greatest trap is for us to believe that we're not worthy. Mm-hmm. That we're not worthy of that relationship with God because I you know how can I right I get choked up thinking about it can you talk a little bit about that what makes us worthy to to really believe that Jesus is my brother Mm
1: -hmm. well here's the thing that I believe George Mueller, that great man of God of past said God does not answer prayer because we are good he answers prayer because he is good (laughs) And when we can stop looking at ourselves and realize that even the best of us with our best righteousness is still not good enough, we'll never be good enough, but if we realize that my worthiness is in Jesus, then it very quickly changes that no matter who I am, where I came from, what I started off with, it doesn't matter at the foot of Jesus Christ, we are all worthy. And it's an attitude, really. Mm -hmm. It's the way we look at ourselves this very moment. And I am not the sort of person that likes to build build people's ego. I know a lot of my friends in the speaking world do. And I like to see myself as somebody that stands different. I understand there are times when we gotta start with building ego. When somebody doesn't have good self-esteem, you do build up self-esteem. You build them up to the point where we say, okay, guys, your self-esteem is okay. Now I want you to let go of self-esteem and grab a hold of his steam.
0: <laughs> <And> that's great.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's really great. And I think that that that, that term steam, although we know that in, in esteem, obviously it's E-E-M, I think of it also as S-T-E-A-M, providing that energy because I also believe that if you can really get rooted and grounded in your faith. That it can provide you with that energy when you're thinking, you know. I think of poor Moses, right? He's like, you want me to do what? I, you know, I just ran away from Egypt, and you want me to go back? And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a fugitive, and and I think that that's the same thing that we have to be accepting and use that faith as the energy to move forward and the energy for belief, really, in in ourselves. And and I think that faith. Is it true that faith really have have two aspects right you have to believe in yourself and believe in god
1: mm-hmm. yeah king saul made the major mistake he saw himself too small can you believe that and he lost the entire kingdom now here's the thing for you and i and for all our friends out there we cannot see ourselves too small if god says otherwise because that is called disobedience And if for us to look at ourselves and say, hold on, all this unworthiness and all these feelings, they are truly fictitious. They're not true because Jesus says otherwise. Therefore, when the the Lord came to Gideon, he called him man of valor, a great man. And yet Gideon was, ah, was hiding. You see, God sees us as a completed product. He actually sees us worthy. He sees us perfected. We are the ones that get to see ourselves in our past and in our failures and with small eyes.
0: Yeah, that's a really great analogy. You're right. I never thought about Saul that way. But, yeah, God had, had given him everything, and he's the one who let his thoughts and fears and ruminations to make him smaller than what he really was. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to, to put that Um, so it can be you know again we've talked about that this feeling of unworthiness and and so can you talk a little bit about this issue of abundance because I think that so many of us oh my gosh get so twisted up with on the one hand we want great things Right. But on the other hand, we don't think we're deserving of great things. And then we're afraid that, well, if I want this stuff, it makes me, you know, somehow not good enough again for God. And can you so can you talk about about the issue of of abundance and that, you know, is it okay or not okay to want great things for yourself?
1: Definitely so. Jesus said when you pray for these things. (laughs) And Jesus says, do not worry about these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and Mm. his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. So that's our first reference. If Jesus himself could say that things were good for us, that abundance is good for us, the apostle Paul talks about us living in the abundance of God so that we do not be a burden to anybody else. So we come back to the issue of internal belief, Mm self-doubt. We come back to these issues of abundance. Well, why do we need abundance? If it's merely for ourselves, then no, it's not good. But if it's for the benefit of us and others and ultimately for the kingdom of God, then I use this word, we are condemned to abundance. <laughs> okay. the, as Mr. Ziegler said, he believes God made the diamonds for his people, not Satan's clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, the stuff of this world, it's okay to get the stuff, but the problem is is when the stuff gets you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's that's a really great way to look at it as well. I think that it can be easy, you know, that's that's where we were talking about ego. That's really where ego can start to take over and you, you know, where and St. Paul talked about the love of money, not not money, just the love of it. So I think maybe if we need if we can keep our heart in the right place, right? And use money as a tool as you said to serve God. Okay, that's awesome. So I had heard um, David Nagel, who is a very famous online guru, he talked about how faith is actually blocked by shame. And I really, you know, spent some time scratching my head over that. Do you think that, that shame really does block faith? And how do we manage to deal with the resolving feelings of,
1: uh, of shame? I absolutely believe this. Many. As a matter of fact, when I speak at many places, I can't tell you how many people come up to me who are believers and say to me, I wish I was as bold as you. And I say to them, no, I'm not bold. I'm just unashamed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe that there has been a trick that many people have fallen for. And that is this thing of shame. So many of us are sh- ashamed of God. We are so ashamed of who we are. We are so ashamed of our Christianity. And tied to shame is guilt. Mm -hmm. When you've got shame and guilt working against you, it is very hard for our faith to flourish because it chokes us like thorns. It is hardened ground. Therefore, we can't see faith. We can't see our faith. We can't see our belief. Because shame is such a huge thing. As a matter of fact, in my custom, my culture, shame is used greatly to control people. Mm -hmm. And many cultures, the Jewish culture as well. So we see that shame is a blockage in faith and life and success. We can never live an abundant life if we are ashamed of wealth. We can never live fully and freely in our faith if shame is a blockage between us and God. Okay,
0: that's really powerful. So then, can you give us some tips on how we can get past shame? Because we certainly know it when we're feeling it, right? It's it, we feel that rush of adrenaline. Sometimes even the the it r- rushes to our head, and we might feel flushed or or embarrassed. So what's what's our best strategy to to become aware, right, and then deal
1: with it? What I've found out working with people from all levels in life, success does not take away shame. (laughs) (laughs) We wish it would. (laughs) (laughs) But what I found is this, I found there are at least three to five questions that are internal, self-defeating, condemning questions that pop up. Okay. And one of the questions would run through our head is that I'm unworthy. It comes back to that. One of the questions is, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Or one of the questions is, you could never do that. Who, you? So what I suggest to people at my workshops and my seminars or my one-on-one whiteboard session is I get them to ask themselves those three to five questions. They are those core questions that just are reworded throughout our lives and moments. If you can grab a hold of those, I'm going to say five questions, you will find that when you look at these questions face on, firstly, you will realize those questions are lies. That we've told ourselves, these lies that, that have been, we've been conditioned to believe, lies sadly from our parents, from our elders, from even loved ones who try to protect us. Mm-hmm. So guilt and shame has come into our hearts because of well-meaning people who try to protect us. Right. So find those questions, Look at those questions. I would say, reword those lies and make them truth.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah, um, when I heard you speak at Ed Rush's event, Ed asked us, you know to to confront the lies that we were telling ourselves. And I have to say that he was probably surprised at how long we kept writing because we were apparently telling ourselves a lot of lies. And and that's one of the things that really slapped me in the face as well. Like, oh my gosh, you have to admit that this really is no longer the truth. It's sort of the voice almost, as you say, almost of our childhood. Now as children, no, we couldn't do the things that we strive to do today as adults, yes. but we're not children. Uh huh. Uh-huh. We're no longer children, and I think recognizing that is
1: probably a big part of this. Would you say that's true? Absolutely so, because there's, there's two paths that we go as children. When we are shamed, and when we are guilty, and when we are oppressed, when we are conditioned like this, number one, some people don't wanna fight anymore. They don't wanna achieve anything. They just basically their dreams and hopes die right there. The second group are activated in their emotions and their ego, and they go on and become leaders of industry. However, they are fueled by the fact of wanting to prove people wrong. And that's not a good way to make, to be successful. And so what I would totally agree with this, that we need to make peace with ourselves. Mm -hmm. and when we can find the peace and when we can find ourselves enough where we are right now. I often joke with people, look, friend, if you want to be the president of the nation, if you are not enough without being president, you'll never be (laughs) enough once you become president. (laughs) So what I love the most, Winnie, is that at some point in all our lives, we have to implement immediately and you know, oftentimes we like to write notes and go home and implement there however life happens and we don't right I often encourage people when you hear the word of God through the mouth of any person and you come to the point where you say to yourself you know I'm going to believe this guy I'm going to believe this lady I did that in my life when I found a Zig Ziglar tape, dead broke as a salesperson. I decided to believe this man and it radically changed my life. Mm -hmm. So to our friends listening right now, please believe God when he says, you are enough the way you are. And deal with these things immediately by letting go of your past. And the best way to let go of one's past is Tool. I'll say this here, it may shock a few people. It is to honor your parents even if they've wronged you. Right. If we do that, the word of God says it will be good with our lives. Mm-hmm. And if other people have hurt you, forgive, let go, and secondly, bless them. Speak out a blessing. Just bless their lives. It's hard sometimes, but forgiveness heals yes. us. Blessings free us to move forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and that's probably, uh, for those of us who are working through any kind of emotional baggage, I think that that is probably one of the most, challenge. we know, right, that forgiveness is probably the hardest assignment that we have as people of faith, That because there there's well this person really hurt me they were yeah. cruel they you know they're evil they are and and I so i think that that's probably the the easy way out to then continue to carry that grudge yes. and but again you know christ is the best example for us with Forgiving on the cross. I mean, yes. this is a person who is in the act of dying, That's right. and he is—he can then find somehow the strength. Okay, yes. he's perfect, but uh, <laughs> to, to to forgive, right, right, and somehow we've got to be able to. You know, I think somebody—I can't remember now who it was that said this, but that holding a grudge is the is the poison that kills you it yeah. doesn't hurt doesn't hurt the person Absolutely. who you know who you feel bad with so so yeah it's it's continuing to do that work and mm-hmm. recognizing it yeah that's really powerful um, one of the the i guess actually the big focus of that event where i was where i met you um, was to integrate our faith into our work as entrepreneurs into our business and you know, that's a big challenge, right? And I think you touched on part of it, that we have some kind of shame around our own Christianity, which, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a a whole nother issue. (laughs) But can can you give us maybe a few strategies on how we can continue to integrate and blend our faith
1: into the work that we do as professionals? Definitely so. When we realize that what we have is actually the greatest secret and the greatest antidote to all of life's problems, then we joyfully share what we've got openly and freely. So here's the thing. Many Christians believe that people are offended by what we believe. But the when if you, if you do a quick Google search, regarding Christians and you type in why are Christians, it says why are Christians so mean? Secondly, <laughs> why are Christians so defensive? And thirdly, why are Christians so avoid, I think it's why Christians avoid topics. So these are such big questions but not, not a single one Why are Christians so enthusiastic about what they believe? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we really should be. (laughs) So I would encourage people and say to them, look, nobody is offended because you are enthusiastic about believing that you have life and hope and joy and power and strength and all the love from God the Father. But when we walk around with, sh- with us being ashamed, when we walk around thinking about, hey, what did that silly Christian brother say to people on TV and now everybody's doing that? See, we can't do that because we have just got to realize that God places us where he wants to place us and we can flourish in that place that he has. He has given us specific influence over that. And here's the most important thing. It has to be real for you. mm mm-hmm. I remember working in a very secular university system. I was called to do a nine month contract. And at first I was talking about God and my bringing scriptures in there. And about three months into it, one of the senior senior management met me in the hallway. She was leading a group of investors, I think, walking down the hallway or students or somebody, I can't remember which. And she looked at him and says, This is Melvin Pulley. He's the happiest guy I know. (laughs) And then in secret, in lunch one day, she says, hey, Melvin, when I first met you, the question I had, is it real? But now I can tell you, for you, it is real.
0: Yeah. And what do you think you can attribute that realness and that happiness to? Because I think that's the thing that struck me as well when I first saw you.
1: (laughs) It is the absolute belief that what I have got within me, other people need as well. That everybody needs encouragement and hope and joy, and Jesus Christ can supply that abundantly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and for me, I think that the core of that is love. Yes right because the opposite of love is not hate it's fear definitely so right so if we're not really afraid then what's left love
1: exactly
0: yes you can't you can't radiate love with a frown on your face <laughs> definitely right
1: so. Uh-huh.
0: so okay so now I, now i'm really going to push you a little bit here Please so do. <laughs> in in uh in I read, um, morning prayer morning office every day and so just the other day in Mark chapter 8 Jesus is quoted and I'm gonna have to read this Jesus is quoted as saying those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them the son of man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels so do we entrepreneurs then need to be really out there you know, with our with our faith or can we be a little bit subtle about it? What's the what, what's the I guess the delineation? How do you how do you radiate both that that love and that I don't know what's the opposite of being ashamed, but the confidence maybe? Mm-hmm. Right? The the confidence that yeah I'm a faithful person and and Jesus and God guide my work as a professional,
1: whatever that work might be? Mm -hmm. I would say it's this. Firstly, understand your personality. Okay. You can only be the person you are, but don't make excuses and don't find comfort zones. If you are an extrovert, be an extrovert. Okay. If you're an introvert, be an introvert. What tends to happen is that if you try to be the other guy, just bold speaking, preaching, teaching, and you don't have the personality, well, there's a mismatch and everybody can see that. I'm a public speaker. I do much of my ministry. I can talk to 1,000, 10,000 people. That's my audience, quite comfortably. But if I'm sitting on the, on the plane flying home, no, I don't, I don't do my ministry right there. Okay. So it does not mean I'm unfaithful. It's just that I know my calling. So once you've established your personality, secondly, ask God for your calling where does he have you and what are the giftings that you have? Okay. When you function within your giftings, you will always be effective because your giftings, the word of God says, makes room for you. And you will always be accepted. Dr. Ravi Zacharias, he talks in all these tremendously difficult situations on secular universities and Muslim nations. Why? It's because it's his calling, he's gifted, and his gift has made room for him in the most hostile of audiences and they accept him. I speak in business, I speak to politicians, they accept me, it's my calling, it's my gifting. If I tried that in other places, you know what, it's not gonna go down very well. So never be ashamed of your personality, never be ashamed because you can't do it like the other person. That's why when Peter went to Jesus, and said to him, hey, Peter, Peter, Jesus said to Peter, come and follow me. Peter looked at John and said, but what about him? Jesus says, you don't worry about him. You come follow me.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really great. So we, And again, it brings us back to we're worthy as we are. So we just need to stay conscious and focused on those gifts that God gave us and yes. then fully step into them bravely. Yes. with courage and confidence mm-hmm. and trust also i think that you know we want to control so much <laughs> we really do but we have to somehow and i think that's probably an ongoing part of the journey right you just yes. you just develop more and more that that strength and openness to say all right i don't know what i'm supposed to say so you just tell me uh-huh. and i'll write it down the way you want <laughs> right. me to, to to say it right and yes. then allowing that to then really radiate out of you
1: definitely so
0: okay so it comes brings us full circle back to you're worthy you have nothing to be ashamed of and now you just need the confidence to step forward
1: and and to trust that definitely so and confidence in god confidence in the things that he has gifted us in because those things never fail because god cannot fail and look, I'm a very practical person, and I believe God is very practical as well. You see, we are we are supernatural people, not superstitious people. And so we have to be very practical with our faith as well. A simple way to reach a person is, hey, invite them over to a barbecue, invite them over. You know, it comes back to that relational thing that no matter how high we grow, how far we go in Christian history, or ahead of us in the future, relationships matter. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and most people who do find their way to church, when, you're, when you ask them why, they often will cite someone who said to them, come and see. Yes,
1: yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you were able (laughs) to spend time with me today. It's a privilege. Melvin, what is the best way for
1: people to connect with you? Uh, The best way is my website and Facebook. I'll give you my website and spell it for you. So it's melvinpillay.com, M-E-L-V-I-N-P-I-L-L-A-Y.com. Yes.
0: Yes, and you have to you have to connect with him on Facebook as well because Melvin has these fabulous videos that he does nearly every day, or or it is every day, and I, they're are the the few videos that I actually look forward to seeing every day on Facebook. Your your little burst of of uh, of faith to to get your day really moving and and to stay connected, and I think that's a big part of it too, isn't it? That it's it's staying in with uh, aligned with others who are going to support your journey not add more weight to dragging you
1: down right absolutely so the people that are around us there'll be those people that lift us up and those people that drag us down and those people that could care less about us <laughs> we've got to find the people that lift us up and who we can lift up right. find the people that will receive from you and are willing to give to you freely and these are the people that push us towards our ultimate goal in the Lord.
0: Outstanding. Thanks again for, for your time and your wise words. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Winnie, and thank you to all our friends out there. May God bless you and God bless each each business and ministry in Jesus' name. All
0: right, I hope you found that as inspiring and motivating as I did. There's so much in there that I know that this is an episode I'm going to keep coming back to time and time again. Before we get to your reflection exercise, though, and your action step for today, I just want to mention that if you'd like to get support to stay focused and achieve your goals in a community of like-minded solo professionals who are building brands centered on their own expertise, visit my website at winnieanderson.com slash to learn about the Achievers Club and see if it could be the support you need to stay on target to achieve your goals. So if you like this episode, please share it. I hope you'll share it with uh, all of your contacts, colleagues, clients, and you can join my community at winnieanderson.com You'll get episodes emailed directly to you. You'll also get information, tips, and strategies to help you break free from your limiting beliefs, from self-sabotaging behavior, and move forward with courage and confidence so you can create the successful business and joy-filled life that you, that you deserve. All right, so your reflection exercise for this episode. This episode has so many different directions you can go in. I, I think the biggest, and most important thing to really ask yourself and reflect on is what's holding you back from achieving your dreams. Is it that you feel undeserving of what you want? Is it that you you really are frustrated? Why you know about why you don't have what you want? Um, think about how are your beliefs actually trapping you in this spot that you have yourself in, and your action step. I want you to take a journal, go somewhere quiet, uh, get away from your office, though. And I want you to spend some time with God, reflecting on what you want to create, why you want it, and then identify the action steps that you're going to take to get it. And ask God why you haven't been taking action, why you haven't maybe taken as action as boldly as you dream of and as you want. Yes I agree with Melvin that you want to align with your personality but at the same time you you know the universe rewards speed right and Melvin talked about it himself about the importance of taking action taking action is what overcomes fear any any time any fear that you have so make some notes about what god tells you when you ask him you know why aren't i taking these steps Listen for the answer because I promise you, it will be there. It will come to you in your heart uh, and and you will feel and hear that message. Then ask for strength. Ask for strength, wisdom, and courage to follow and to connect your faith with your actions. Also think about creating a ritual that will help you consciously stay focused on your faith, your beliefs, your values all day and to build your gratitude for all the gifts that God's given you and, and that he continues to give you. And remember you were born to follow, follow God and to lead. And that's our challenge really as entrepreneurs to remain true to our faith and yet step forward in action so that we can lead those that we have been designed to lead. So just remember that, as as Jesus said, the worker is worth his wages. So if you find yourself uh, hesitant because, you know, you don't deserve to earn what you want to charge, I'm going to challenge you to go back, listen to this episode again, and really reflect on that. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Courageous Entrepreneur. Remember, you're capable of so much more than you think you are.